Welcome to the Advanced Foundations Podcast, where you will hear life-changing truths from Terry Moore, founding pastor of Sojourn Church. Over 30 years, he has developed a series of courses to help people be disciples of Christ who make a difference. We hope you will subscribe below to receive weekly messages. Cross is the Key is a six-part series of messages that are about 25 minutes in length to help the listener get a deeper understanding of everything Jesus paid for through His death, burial, and resurrection to His heavenly throne. Welcome to Cross of the Key, Session 5. Uh, we've been talking about the victory of the cross and everything that Jesus did for us at the cross. From the very beginning, I've said that the cross is the key to victorious living, to overcoming the enemy. It's really the key to everything. Understanding the cross, and again, I say this every time we start a session, I'm not talking about just the crucifixion. I'm talking about everything that Jesus went through all the way through his death, burial, and resurrection. So I'm using it sort of as a general term. Uh, 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, The message of the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those of us who are being saved. It's the power of God. So if it is the power of God, we absolutely need to understand the message or the word of the cross. And so this is what we're going to look at. Last a session, we looked at the victory of the cross. It's so important to be sure you're secure in the absolute and total victory of the cross. Now, as we <clears throat> talk in this session, I'm going to talk about the power of the cross uh, and what he did through the cross for us. Uh, and before I say that, before I go into this, let me just make a comment. Romans is a tremendous book of the Bible. By, by the way, as all the other books are too. <laughs> but, but Romans is especially powerful. If you go through Romans, and we're going to talk a little bit about the mid uh, chapters here, <clears throat> but I would encourage you to read Romans. I encourage you to read, um, really, I just encourage you to read the Bible, but I encourage you to read the Bible and to really try to understand what the Spirit is saying to you, it's not about getting more head knowledge, it's about understanding really the, the revelation that He is and what He has already done for us. <clears throat> what I want to talk about first here is understanding identity. Romans chapter 5. In Romans chapter 5, I'm going to pick up reading here in verse 18. Therefore, through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous uh, act, the free gift came to all men resulting in justification of life. For just as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. Uh, it's, so under, it's so important for us to understand identification. I was born in sin and I completely identify with sin. Uh, actually, as we talked about last week, I've been transferred out of that kingdom into another kingdom. But in this kingdom, I'm a slave of sin. I'm absolutely in bondage. And so what happens is, is that I've got to understand my identification. I, Before I was born again, I completely identified with sin and death. Now, I may not have acknowledged it, but I was. So the reality is that now I've been born again, I have literally been transferred out of this bondage and kingdom over here into the kingdom of his son of his love. And now I'm under another authority structure, but it's a whole nother world over here. 
I'm no longer over here and identifying with Adam. The first Adam sinned. The last Adam, Jesus, is a spirit giving life. The first Adam failed. The last Adam did not. So now, if I'm born again, if you're born again, we've been transferred out from under Adam, and now we're under Jesus. Now, I want to begin reading. This is understanding this transfer. This is now Romans chapter 6, verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Well, certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Okay, that's a question. So what he's asking here, he's going, wait a minute. Do you, you know How are you going to live in sin in this dominion over here if you're dead to sin? Again, we're talking about identification. How do you know that as many, do you not know that many of us were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. Do you know that? I, I, I remember reading this some time ago and going, uh, I'm not sure I know that. Well, what's he talking about here? Well, he's talking about water baptism. Water baptism is nothing, you're not saved by water baptism, but it's understanding identification. I completely identified with Adam and the old nature. Now, if I'm born again, understanding the power of the cross, understanding the victory of the cross, what Jesus has done for me, I have been, again, transferred out of that kingdom into this kingdom, the kingdom of God. I've been forgiven. I've been redeemed. I've been reconciled to God. I have, I'm a friend of God. I'm a son, a daughter, whatever. And we're, I'm over here. So what he's saying here is that baptism, literally the, the ordinance of baptism, is for you to understand identification. When you're baptized, you are taken and you're not sprinkled. It is you're baptized completely immersed because it's an identification with the death of Christ. You're identifying with his death. The good news is he, he actually died for us. He died as us. So when you understand baptism, you're buried with him, but you're also raised to walk in newness of life. So what he's saying here is that you've got to understand this. If you understand identification, we completely identify with, with our lostness. So now it's time to identify with our, our new birth and who we are in Christ. That, that's huge. The power of the cross is what takes us from this death into life. Okay? So it's very, very important for us to understand this. Uh, this is just one verse, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. So that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about a new creation. We're not talking about patched up, fixed up, not repaired. We're talking about a completely new creation in Christ. Now, this is what Jesus did for us. I want to continue reading in Romans chapter 6 because this is, this is a powerful passage here. Remember, he just said that knowing this, that our old man was crucified, is verse 6. 
that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. What Jesus did, the power of the cross, breaks the power of that slavery. I, I'm not a slave any longer. I'm not a slave to sin. I have no longer do, am I controlled by something that I have no power over. <clears throat> he defeated the enemy and set me free. Now, he goes on to say, for he who has died has been freed from sin. So again, we're not physically dying. We're dying to ourselves. We're dying to living in the old nature. We're, we're identifying with the resurrection of life in Jesus Christ. Now, if we died with Christ, as verse 8, we believe that we should also live with him. Again, you've got to understand, if, you, if we are identifying with his death, we left to identify with his life. He's alive. He's not dead. He's not hanging on a cross. He's not a baby in a manger. He's the resurrected King of kings and Lord of lords. It's time for us to go, you're right. I'm no longer a slave of sin. I'm a child of God. I'm a joint heir with Jesus. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more, death no longer has dominion over him. See, he defeated death. Now, I didn't say we don't die. But you've got to realize the way God sees death and the way that we see death is different because we see death as terminal. He sees death as a, trans, as a transfer. Uh, we see it as, oh my gosh, you know, I've lost a loved one. I've lost my uh, a father, a mother, a husband, a wife, or a child. Uh, it's so terminal. It is in this environment, in this life, but it's not eternal. And what he's saying is he's defeated death. And then 1 Corinthians says the last enemy is death that he, he presents to his father and the kingdom. Verse 10 says, for the death that he died, he died for sin, uh, to sin once for all. For the life he gives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. The bottom line is that the first command that we actually have in Romans, and the, what that command is, is that you're to reckon or to consider yourselves to be dead in sin and alive to God. Actually, it's an accounting term. And what it actually means is, is that you need to literally recognize that I used to be in a deficit position, a bondage position. I used to be a slave of sin. I could not control my senses. I could not control my appetites. I could not control anything because I'm a slave of sin. But because of Jesus, he came and literally set me free. I didn't do anything. I have to believe it, but I didn't do anything to earn it. I can't, I, I didn't do anything to help, to help him. He did it all. And through the victory of the cross, the power of the cross, he has transferred me over into his kingdom of his love. Call me a son, call me a daughter, call me his beloved. He's given to me everything. And no longer am I slave of sin, but now I'm a child of God. No longer. So I've got to literally, I've got to reckon, I've got to consider an accounting term you're taking something from a liability position and you're transferring it over into an asset. So I've got to consider that. I've got to go, wait a minute. I have to think differently. I've got to think as a new creation. I've got to quit thinking in the old nature. I've got to think like I'm a new person because I'm a new person. So we got to think that way. So it's so very, very important knowing this. Galatians 2.20. Paul, it says, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Wow. 
That's where we want to go. We want to get to the place where I say, look, I'm dead. I, I have been crucified with Christ, and I've been raised to walk in newness of life also. I, I am in Christ. The life I now live, I'm going to live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The focus is on Jesus and the victory of the cross. The focus is not on my dying. It's just staying out of half. He, this is Paul's confession of what I've just been talking about. He's considered his old man dead, and his new man is alive in Christ. Okay, so the power of the cross. I want to shift gears here. The next thing that I want to talk about is that what Jesus did at the cross is that he broke the power of not only sin, but he also he, he defeated the world. Now, when I talk about the world, I'm talking about the, the, the world. I'm not talking about anything... This, this whole system of, uh, that's in this world. Um, let me just give you a verse. 1 John 5.19 says, We know that we are of God, and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. So what we're talking about here is the systems in this world, systems that are controlling us. There are a lot of things. Um, there are things that, are, that, they're, that are, governments are affected, the way the economy works, the way that advertising and, and entertainment, lots of things there. There's, these are things that are of the world. Um, they themselves are, again, the enemy is doing everything possible to try to get us to, to get connected and get sucked into the way of the world. Um, here are some things. Just trying to be somebody that's trying to be or, or to make money or to gain possessions or, or to gain something to make me feel better. I'm unfortunately get caught up in the things of the world. Mark chapter four, where it's the parable of the sower of the seed, um, the third level is where it's rocky. It says that the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desire for other things choke out the world word and it becomes unfruitful. So what happens is, is that the bottom line is, is that we're, we're caught continually in this system that we live in. But Jesus has already defeated the world. This is Galatians 6.14. God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. So what Paul is saying here is he's saying, look, he's not saying that the world system and the influence of the world and all those things out there that are calling to you, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, all those things, money, possessions. He's not saying they don't exist. And what he's saying is, he's saying because of what Jesus has done, because of the power of the cross, Paul is saying, I have been crucified to that. That no longer controls me. Now remember, when you identify with sin, you're going to identify with the world system controlled by the devil. You're going to live in that world. You're going to think like that system. You're going to be in that world. So what he's saying is by the power of the cross, I've been delivered out of that. I'm over here now. I am no longer a slave of sin. I no longer have to think and be influenced by the world system. <laughs> now, the reality is, is that we're probably not Paul. So yes, we still have a lot of influence that comes to us all the time. But the bottom line, though, is, is that, again, the power of the cross is sufficient to set us free. So this is John 16, 33. These things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. Be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. 
But what he's saying here is that Jesus didn't deny the world's systems in this way the enemy are perverted. They're messed up. If we're expecting governments and we're expecting business and we're expecting entertainment, media, and all these various areas, we're expecting them to be perfect. Um, we're deceived because the reality is you're laying, lying under the sway of the evil one and they're being manipulated all the time because the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's trying to kill you. So the bottom line is, is that what's happening is, is that he's saying, look, if you're going to live in this world, you're going to have tribulation. It's going to be tough. But listen, live in me because I've already overcome the world. So I don't have to fight the world. I don't have to get out there and resist and fight and do all this stuff. No, I have to, I have to abide in Christ because in him is peace and in the world is tribulation. Amen? Now, how do we do this? Well, Romans 12, how do we actually live this way? Romans 12 tells us how to live this way. Verse 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The only way we're not going to be conformed to this world is spend time in the Word. The Word is eternal. The Word is everlasting. It's the Word that takes us into, and it causes us to live in the peace of God. Okay? So this is what He has done. He's freed us from the, the power of this world, and He's freed us from the law. Um, this is another interesting deal that we, we have a tendency, we're so performance-oriented, we have a tendency to want to live by rules. And, and we, we want to perform to be accepted. Well, that's what living by the law is. The bottom line, though, is there is nothing I can do to make myself acceptable. There's nothing that you can do to make yourself acceptable. You have to believe by faith that Jesus has paid for us our freedom and that he loves us and that he is not expecting us to do anything except to believe what he's done. Believe that it's a finished work. Now, I'm not talking about living any way I want to live, but I'm talking about trying to gain acceptance through my performance. So if you do that, what will happen is you'll try to live by the law. Now, I want to, I want to go to Romans chapter 7, and, and that's why I encourage you to read these chapters. Romans chapter 7, verse 1. Do you not know, brethren, I speak to those who know the law, that the law has dominion over a man as long as he lives? For the woman who has a husband is bound by law to her husband as long as he lives. But if the husband dies, she's released from the law of her husband. So then while her husband lives, she marries another man, she'll be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is free from the law so that she is no longer an adulteress, although she has married another man. Therefore, my brethren. So when he's saying therefore, he's saying, okay, now guys, listen to this. You also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ, that you may be married to another, to him who was raised from the dead and should, uh, should bear fruit to God. So my point is, what, what, what Paul is saying here is that you've got to understand he's talking about a marriage. Again, you can't kill your husband so you can marry somebody else. The point is, is that as long as the, the two are alive, you've got to stay in that union. But what Jesus did he broke the power of sin and death, 
and he fulfilled the law. So therefore, we're dead to the law and we're free to marry another. We're free to marry Christ. We're free to be joined to Christ who has already fulfilled the law. Well, wow. I don't know if you understood what I just said there. It is so powerful to understand that what, so much of the time we fight the world system when Jesus already overcome the world. We need to find ourselves in him. We, we, fight the, we fight the rules and regulations that it shouldn't touch, do this, don't do this, do these things, when the reality is I've got to learn how to abide in Christ because he's already fulfilled all that. So the, the point is, it's not that I can do whatever I want to do. No, the point is, is to discover the reality of who I am in him and who he is in me and start living in a new creation mandate. Now, just to be really honest with you, the truth of Romans 6 is lived out. What happens is we come to Romans 7. Now, I've got in my Bible, verses 10, I believe I've started in verse 14 through 24. And I've actually circled these in my Bible. And I circled I, me, my, because why do I do what I'm doing that I don't want to do? And I find in me, sin working in me, it dwells in me. And I find in I, me, my, 34 times. You want to know what the problem is? Me. You. When we try to live out the truth of God's word in our in our own ability, can't do it. So you live it out by living in Romans 8, which is the truth of the Spirit. Now, I want to read one more passage of Scripture just to make this point clear. This is Galatians chapter 5. And um, Galatians chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. Now, therefore... In the, uh, stand fast in the liberty by which Christ has made us free and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. What is this yoke of bondage? If you become circumcised, Christ has pro will profit you nothing. I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is a debtor to keep the whole law. You have become estranged from Christ, you who attempt to be justified by the law. You have fallen from grace. For we through the Spirit eagerly await for the hope of righteousness by faith, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. Again, point being is that anything that we're doing to try to perform to be accepted, we're moving away from the reality of where we need to be. We need to recognize the fact that Jesus has paid for us to be completely free. In him, we're free. Now, how do you apply the, the victory of the cross, the power of the cross? Well, number one, you've really got to you've got to listen and hear what I'm sharing here, and know the truth of the word because it's the truth that makes you free. We've got to understand identity, completely identifying with the new man. I'm not over here any longer. I'm not this old man. I'm a new man. I'm a new creation. I am. I, I recognize that I still struggle with some issues but I'm a new man. I'm completely moving into a new new place. I've got to, again, I've got to reckon myself dead to sin, but alive to God. I've got to recognize that I am no longer over here. I am now a new man. And then here's an interesting verse. This is Romans 6, um, verse 13. 
It says, do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Hmm, what's that saying? Well, what it's saying is, is that, again, if we identify with the new man, I, I, I'm no longer identified over here as a, a sinner. I am now a saint. I'm identifying in Christ may say, well, I don't act that way. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of stuff that's inconsistent. But I, I can't. we can't focus on the inconsistencies. We've got to focus on the truth. When I focus on something, I'm going to become what I focus on. And I can't focus on all the negative. I've got to believe the Word, believe the truth, focus on Jesus through the Word so I can keep moving. But there are times when I struggle with things. So what does he say do? Well, present your members to God as the instrument of, of righteousness. So maybe you struggle with lust. Maybe you struggle with the way your eyes look. Or you, you, you have a hard time. Have you ever taken your vision and said, Lord, I give you my vision. I, I want to become a, I want to give you my vision. I want to become righteous in the way I see things and how I see people. Uh, so I'm going to present to you as the instrument of righteousness my, my vision, my eyes. Maybe it's your thoughts. Maybe it's something else. Whatever it is, have you ever presented your members as an instrument of righteousness? Have you ever done that to God? That's what God wants to do. He wants us to, to give ourselves totally to Him. And that, that, so just think about that for just a moment. I'm going to pray here in just a moment, but you may never have done that. You may never have presented yourself to God. You may never have given your body or, or your mind or, or whatever to the Lord. You may be holding on, going, well, they're mine. No, submit them to God, to his righteousness. And then lastly, I just want to say that bottom line is the how you live, the truth of Romans 6, of the victory of the cross, the power of death and resurrection is by the Spirit in Romans chapter 8. And that's really what he's called us to do. It's by the Spirit we overcome. It's the Holy Spirit that he's given to us. It's the Holy Spirit that lives in us that helps us to understand that it's the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and me to do what? To help us have life, to help us live life. So that's what God wants us to do. He wants to understand the power of the cross. So I want to pray and that God will cause this to become real in our lives. Father, we love you and we bless you and we thank you so much for the, not only the victory of the cross, but we also thank you for the power of the cross that it has set me free from the law, and it has set me free from the world controlling me. And I thank you, Lord, that you have given me a new life. I'm a new creation. I'm no longer the old patch made up. And I ask, Lord, that you'd help us all to right now to reckon ourselves dead to sin and alive to Christ Jesus. Help us to see ourselves. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to help us to see ourselves. I have been crucified with Christ, and now I have been raised to walk in newness of life. That I am dead to the old man, the old nature, to the law, and to the world, and now I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Ask you, Holy Spirit, to make that real to each and every one of us, and we just bless you and we thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this timely message. 
Pastor Terry and Susan Moore had a life-changing encounter with the Lord in August of 1982. They opened their home to a Bible study, which turned into a church now located in Carrollton, Texas. They have never been the same and hope that you encounter Christ in a real way. For more, connect to jterrymore.org. 